Hello and welcome to the podcast Pole Position with me, your host, Talia Hill, a place where we talk about Formula One and everything in between. Hi guys, I am so sorry I didn't do an episode last week. Um, a little bit too busy with stuff and everything life but I'm back this week and what a crazy f1 week it's been I feel like I say that literally every single week but it truly was crazy like the Austin GP was fun the sprint race I must admit was a little bit not fun (laughs) I don't really know it didn't have me hooks like other sprint races have had it was like an easy easy win so I wasn't as excited about that one. However, the race, the race led up to um, to something is the best way I can describe it. We had the return of Daniel Ricciardo, which I was so excited about. I actually seriously went into the weekend thinking that Hamilton was going to get his first P1 since Jeddah 2021. However, that didn't work out and, and it turned out even worse because... He was actually disqualified after finishing P2 in the race. Woo! So yeah, so I'm going to get into that in a minute, but just craziness. The guy who sang the national anthem was pretty good though. I kind of liked that. So the next American race we have is Las Vegas, and we have never raced in Las Vegas before, but it's going to be an exciting track. However, I think it's going to be like, I'll be up at like three o'clock watching the race or something, because if it's a night race in Vegas, then they're like what five hours behind me I don't know anyway I'm gonna be up at stupid o'clock but we'll do it it's f1 that's why we're here so in f1 news terms let's get into this we've just had the Austin GP Verstappen finished p1 Hamilton finished p2 Lando Norris finished P3 and Charles Leclerc finished P4. Those were your top four. However, about three hours later, Hamilton and Leclerc were disqualified. Woo! Um, they said they were disqualified by an FIA check on all four top cars after the race. Um, they were disqualified because of a plank check. Like, what even is a plank check? Like, if you said a plank to me, I would think of wood or like when you're doing exercise and you are doing plank, you know, that that's what I would think of, but that's not what that is in F1 terms, but I'm going to Google that and I'm going to look into that one because I still don't know. So it's literally two out of four cars were disqualified, which was absolutely crazy. So it meant the Austin GP like changed results were Verstappen on pole still, of course, him in a Red Bull car just top of their game. Lando Norris in his 100th race ended up with P2 and Carlos Sainz ended up P3. Bless him, he didn't get to go on the podium, he'll still get the trophy and I, do you know what, I think that's his second time this year that he's actually done that. I don't know, thinking of it now I feel like this has happened to him before, either this year or last year, I don't remember but I feel like it's happened to him before. So Aston Martin and Alfa Tare, I was reading about this the other day and they're actually set to have a major name change ahead of the 2024 season. Um, we still don't know the names. I think they'll be released probably 
when it's around F1 testing time, maybe like December time, maybe, I don't know, December, January time. Um, so Aston Martin continued a new deal with the US-based tech firm Cognizant. Now, is that how you say it? I don't know. But the like brand has taken a step back from being a major sponsor. So that means it will no longer be like, is it like Cognizant Aston Martin or other way around or something? It means they will no longer be that name. It's not necessarily rebranding. They're still going to be called Aston Martin and I think it will still be Alpha Tare. Um, but they're just the sponsors may may change the name. So Alpha Tare has had a few name changes anyway. It started as Mindare before being acquired by Red Bull. It's now Red Bull's sister team. Um, so it became Toro Rosso and then since 2020 it's been Alpha Tare. So it's actually not been Alpha Tare for very long. I think the name suits the team. I feel like AlphaTauri sits best, but I don't think it'll be a drastic name change. I just think it'll be like like a word before, you know, like it's like Mercedes, Petronas, AMG and everything that Lewis Hamilton can never, ever, ever remember, even though it's, it's his team that he drives for. It'll just be something like that. And then we've still not heard anything regarding the Hamilton situation. Hamilton was under investigation for crossing the track at Qatar. He was reprimanded by the stewards and given, get this, a £43,350 fine, which is cheap change to F1 drivers, seeing as though they've just upped their um, penalties to a million pounds that a driver can get because it's cheap change, they're rich. It doesn't mean anything to them. Um, half of which, though, his fine was actually suspended. So if he pays it all, we don't know. But the FIA have reopened the case to look into giving harsher punishments if it was to happen again. Or I don't know if they're going to give a harsher punishment to Lewis, but they are looking into it. But we've not heard anything. And that's been, what, two weeks now? Three weeks? So who knows? So I want to get into the main topic today because I have quite a bit to talk about and that is the topic of Drive to Survive. So we all know Drive to Survive is a docuseries come from Netflix. It started in 2019. Um, I'm going to start calling it DTS for short because it's just so much easier than saying Drive to Survive all the time. Um, and its first year saw a viewership of 288,286 viewers, more or less. It's obviously more now with the expansion of F1 and the marketing and promotion of the series. And obviously there's been like four or five seasons now, but it was only a small little thing when it first launched, but now it's like huge. A lot of F1 fanbase and viewers have actually come from watching the sport. If you ask around, it'll be one in five say Drive to Survive. That's where they found the spot and that's where they started watching it from. Most people watch the spot on TV. It used to be on, in the UK, it used to be on Channel 4 Live. I remember watching it when I was little and my dad would have it on TV and I wasn't as interested in back then as I am now, but it's fine. You grow and you evolve and I've come to love F1. Um, but obviously it's on Sky Sports F1 now. Um, I don't know where I don't know where it's broadcast in other countries, but I just know Sky Sports is like the main broadcaster in the UK. But obviously, digital convergence, accessibility of streaming platforms. There is TikTok that plays a key role in it. A good chunk of a new F1 fans have actually come from Drive to Survive, or like I just said, TikTok, because 
F1 edits, driver edits and everything, the fan base is, is there at the moment. Um, so DTS is a docuseries style that gives viewers an inside look to track days, race days, drivers, team headquarters and literally anything else that you can think of related to F1. However, I've said this before, it's constantly criticised for exaggerating and falsifying races um, and even radios from teams to drivers and drivers to teams. I've seen clips of this on TikTok where it's like, this radio is from like one race, Netflix have put it in another race and they're like, this is what happened, this is what was said, you know. Netflix loves reality, that is like Netflix's main push at the minute is reality and everything is falsified nowadays, like just look at like Love Island, it's it's not real anymore, it's really not, people do it for the fame, it's not real, they're not bothered about finding love. But saying this and it's being exaggerated, the newest release of season 5 saw a debut of 570,000 viewers. I got stuck on that number then. I thought that's a lot of people over its first week. It did lead to a boost in more fans. I haven't personally watched season five. I watched half of season four and I just thought, do you know what? I have watched the season as it panned out. I watched it live. I kept up with the behind the scenes and the stuff that Netflix is showing is only the stuff that like new fans would want to see. It it was so heavily based on team rivalries and rivalries that were there like I distinctly remember watching an episode and it was like trying to pin Lando and Daniel against each other yes they're teammates yes they're fighting for like the head position they're fighting for wins they're fighting for pulls but it comes to a certain point where do they actually really dislike each other or is that just one single camera shot is portraying as that and I think I came to the conclusion that it was one single camera shot and I didn't want to watch anymore so I haven't watched season five I don't know if it's more based on the truth or if it's still a little bit falsified still a little bit pushing for that reality basis but I can see why I can see why it engages fans it engages new viewers and old viewers it is entertaining bits and like the Roman Grosjean crash it covered enough of that you were like, if you didn't watch it live, you felt like you watched it live when you watched Netflix because it covered enough of it and then covered behind the scenes and then it had the interview with Roman after and his wife. Um, I suppose you did feel like you watched it live there a little bit. It was a big hit in mostly all European countries. Um, however, with Netflix being like an American-based company, it actually failed to make the top 10 when it was first released. So this say it has like the most major impact on DTS fans is in America. But when it was first released, it failed to even make the top 10 and stupid things make the top 10. Like Netflix in the UK will release a 2009 film and it will go to number one in the UK, you know? So like how DTS didn't make it, how it struggled to like, day above the average amount of viewers to like pay and make the show is crazy and now it's like this really big thing and everyone's like oh I came from Netflix or it yeah it just shows how like media influences people how word spreads and I'm not saying that all who watch DTS have an interest in the sport or even continue to watch past episode one and um, 
if you go on social media, it's either loved it or it's hated. I am, I'm not a lover. That's my honest opinion. I'm not a lover of the show. However, like I've just said, I can see why. But it did have a big push towards like the expansion of the show was social media. And when I looked into it, the Twitter community, it's not a largely liked program on Twitter. People pick apart the little factors, they show what is where, how this was portrayed, how Netflix would be able to like show it as that. Um, but whereas places like TikTok, you do see a lot more clips from the show. Like even if it's just like a one minute clip of a one race or like a battle and there's like Will Buxton talking in the background about what happened and like this, he had to go around this corner to like overtake and things like that. You, you get how it's pushed because TikTok is like the number one media platform. Of people like my age anyway, I would, yeah, people my age. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna backtrack that. Of people under the age of like 40. I feel like, mm, is 42 bigger than a number to be on TikTok? No, it's not. You know what I mean, you know what I'm trying to get at. So let's get into the influence a little bit more. So in early 2019, there was a Reddit post made by Motorsport Series Global Research Director that said F1 was struggling to attract a younger audience. Now, it's not so much nowadays, but this was only one, two, three, four years ago where the Global Research Director of F1 said it was struggling to attract a younger audience. So... Whose idea was this docuseries then? If it couldn't pull a younger audience in, whose idea was it? It was actually Netflix's. It was not F1's idea to pause and frame this docuseries. It was actually Netflix's. So sports struggle to pull in a new generation of younger fans, females especially, was present in the sport. Um, It was still considered a male-dominant thing. If you heard someone talking about F1 in... A cafe or online it was very heavily males but look how much has changed here's me a female 19 years old making a podcast about formula one making tiktoks about formula one and there is so many women that i'm friends with on there that do the same and are inspired by the sport and inspiring other people look at lissy mcintosh what an inspiration she is so through my research i went on a website called audience.com but it's audience with an s not c which i thought was kind of cool um there was a survey that i found that said f1 is now largely driven by the 1824 demographic accounting for almost 40 percent of mentions and closely followed by 25 to 35 year olds who make up an additional 25 percent i mean if it doesn't show that the progression that the sport has made and the influence of dts has made i'd I seriously don't know what does. Look at look at social media. It's a lot of younger people nowadays. There's influence somewhere. I'm not going to blame it all on Netflix because it isn't all of Netflix. I didn't discover Formula One through Netflix, but Netflix played a heavy amount in terms of pulling in that audience that like stayed loyal to the sport. 
And if you talk to a lot of people nowadays, they will either say they watch the sport on TV, they saw it on social media, or saw it through DTS. Yeah, because now it does make the top 10 when it's released on Netflix. And I think they're filming a season six. Am I right in saying it has six seasons? So season six, I am correct in saying there's it'll be season six next time around. I don't know why I'd like just lost my mind then, but it's fine because the sport has influence. So I have two weeks of hot or not because I didn't do last week's. So let's finish these episodes out with a bit of fun. So let's start with the hots. It was Charles Leclerc's birthday. It was also Arthur's birthday, his brother. I think Arthur's birthday was the day before. So I was like, that's kind of cool that you have like your brother's birthday is like the day before yours. Who? It, yeah, I just thought it was quite cool. Um, there was George Russell like two weeks ago being a supportive boyfriend for his girlfriend Carmen. She cycled to France to Paris, and he came and brought like food for her and all her like cycling people that she went with. Um, I thought that was so cute. Return of Daniel Ricciardo. That was a big, big, big thing. Red Bull kicked him out in cowboy hats, cowboy boots. Lando Norris doing 100 races, Charles Leclerc having 100 races, Lando Norris getting a podium in his 100th race. The Mercedes upgrades, or the Mercedes car, is currently on its way to being at the top again. There is the rise of Mercedes again. We saw it with Hamilton. If he, if they had a boxed him literally three laps before they did, regardless of forgetting them being disqualified, I think he would have had, it'd have been a 50-50 chance between Verstappen or Hamilton for a pull because that Mercedes car would have caught up to the Red Bull car. He was two seconds a lap, he was taken out, pushing on tyres that were near the end. It would have been a fight for pull. It really would have. What's not so hot? Now, don't hate me. And I know it's been like, talked about in the news for a few weeks now but Andretti wanting to bring an 11th team to F1. Many drivers have expressed their disinterest for this. F1 as a sport has said if you have 12 places on a grid we might as well use them. I think personally 11 teams on a grid I hate I hate odd numbers so 11 teams for me is totally odd number. I don't like it but I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. I just feel like at the moment, it's like a bit of that watershed moment where people are saying, yeah, people are saying no. No one knows how it's going to pan out. Is it going to be carnage when a race starts with 22 people on a grid? Who knows? Who knows? Lance Stroll, can we still bring that back around? Like, the literal abuse of, was it his physio? I don't know. I get there's anger in the sport of F1 if you don't compete well or if the teams don't compete well but there is no excuse to take it out on a person that was not not hot for me at all and I still think there should have been like some sort of reprimand for that because yeah and then finally we're gonna end out with the disqualifications of Ferrari and Mercedes I don't know if it's because their car had done sprint races and qualifying and one practice session and then the race 
or if they were built illegally. I don't know. But that was a defo not so hot to finish the week out on. And then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know what to think about that. I don't know if these cars are going to be slower now. But Charles was never fast anyway. I don't know how he ended up with P4. Because Carlos was faster than I, 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 I don't even know. That's how baffled I am. So once again, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, I've seen it growing with followers every week and it just makes me so happy. If you have any questions about the sport, questions about the topic, or you want anything to chat about in general, then message me on TikTok at f one Tiles. Enjoy the craziness of what a new F1 week is going to bring. All the love, Talia.